Can we see the beginning of the universe? Hi, everyone. Welcome to Answers News for Monday, March 20th, 2023. And hi, I'm Ken Hammond. I'm here with Dr. Gabriella Haynes and Rob Webb. And today we're going to be discussing a news item about the James Webb telescope findings, in addition to other stories as well, obviously. Uh, but let's start with this one. It's an article that tells us the Big Bang says nothing about the creation of the cosmos. And hey, Rob, I thought, yeah. you know, seeing as you're a rocket scientist here, you know, <laughs> and you sent rockets out there. They call space, me Rocket Rob. Uh, I thought the Big Bang model was supposed to explain the origin of the universe. Yeah, essentially, for those that aren't familiar with the Big Bang, it's, it's, it's essentially that naturalistic explanation of the cosmos, right? Everything started in this infinitely hot, dense point called the singularity, and then all mass and energy also spaced itself and rapidly expanded out. And essentially what this article is talking about, it's coming on the heels of a lot of the findings that, that the James Webb Space Telescope has been finding. And for those that aren't familiar with the James Webb Space Telescope, um, it's a $10 billion observatory that was launched December of 2021. It's been collecting a lot of different data, a lot of different images, and pictures of faraway galaxies ever since last summer. And a lot of the findings are really just being um, just astonished for a lot of the secular astronomers out there because what they're finding is they're finding these huge, fully formed galaxies that are not in the process of assembly, that are very, very far away. Now, in the secular worldview, in the naturalistic worldview, they believe that looking out billions of light years into space, that they're actually looking back in time is what they're saying. And I think the misconception comes from what a light year actually means. A light year is a unit of distance and not time. And really, it, it, that's, so it really comes down to what is your starting point in that. So that's why they say here in this article, uh, they say pictures of mature galaxies in the baby universe shock many cosmologists because they defy established theories about galaxy formation and cosmic history. And if you guys want to learn more about how um, all the different problems with the Big Bang and how we shouldn't be um, trying to mix it with our Christianity, I definitely heard, highly encourage you guys to jump onto our website, answersogenesis.org, spend billions of years on their website researching that. <laughs> they, they could do. So you know, you know who is not surprised when they look out in the far reaches of the universe and where they haven't seen before, and guess what? It's all fully formed and functional. Well, that's what you would expect from a creationist perspective. Exactly. Mm -hmm. yeah. But here's a secular article telling us, see, most people don't even realize this, the Big Bang says nothing about where did space come from, where did, where did time come from, where did matter come from. The Big Bang doesn't even try to explain those because they don't know. I remember when I debated Bill Nye in this room, 2014, and one of the questions at the end of the debate asked of him was, where did matter come from? And his answer was, I don't know, it's a big mystery. And then I was asked the same question, where did matter come from? And I said, well, we have a book that tells us where matter came from. Yeah. There the is Bible a book. The Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And if you think about it, the very first verse of the Bible, in the beginning, that's the creation of time, God created the heavens, space, and the earth, matter. We live in a space-mass-time continuum, right? We live in mm -hmm. a space-mass-time universe. And so the Bible tells us and says, God, who's always been there, Right? And that's what Bill and I can't fathom. How can God always have been there? But what, they believe matter's always been there? Well, where did it come from? Well, why did it come into existence? The only thing that makes sense is in the beginning God, just like Genesis mm -hmm. 1 says. Yeah, whenever we're discussing the question of origins, it's a question of history, right? So whenever we have a question of history, we need to go to a reliable historical document. And our reliable historical document is God's word because he was there, he was the eyewitness, he's the one who created everything. That's why we need to base ourselves as Christians on the very beginning, Genesis 1-1, like Ken was saying, God created the heavens and the earth. And that should be our starting point here 
So essentially what, what they're saying here is uh, the Big Bang can't explain where all the space, time, matter, everything came from. But really, if you think about it, that is a fatal flaw. Because if you don't know that your assumption is true, how do you know that your conclusion is true, right? So if you don't know the first part's true, how do you know the second part is true? So it really goes back to the fact that just whose who's starting point are we really going to be starting with in this battle, God's word or man's word here? And even that second part there that they're saying that the Big Bang, you know, doesn't describe where matter came from, but we can describe the rest with accuracy. That's not even true. Like we were talking about with the James Webb Space Telescope, it's been showing that a lot of this galaxy formation is not true because we're finding these fully formed galaxies. We're finding galaxies with heavy elements that shouldn't be there and on and on it goes. And that's what we say here all the time is that science confirms the Bible. Science confirms God's word, but it comes down to that interpretation. And, you know, a lot of Christians and a lot of Christian leaders have said, well, we can add the Big Bang to the Bible. In the beginning, God created. That's a Big Bang. Well, for a start, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, space, mass, time. That is not the Big Bang. The mm -hmm. Big Bang can't explain any of that. And then the Big Bang idea has the stars and then the sun and then the, uh, the earth is a hot molten blob. It cools down for millions of years. The Bible has the earth first covered with water mm -hmm. and light on day one. doesn't tell you where light came from, but it's on day one. And then the sun, moon and stars were made on day four. So you can't add the Big Bang to the Bible. So yeah, uh, that, that's impossible. Yeah. And the Big Bang, by the way, is an idea that comes out of atheism. It's to try to explain everything you see by natural processes. Naturalism is atheism. Yeah. It's a religious belief, really, what it mm -hmm. is. Yeah, and you know, Christians taking a pagan religion and trying to mesh it with the Bible, that's what a lot of them do with evolution of millions of years, too. And you're undermining God's word. It's called syncretism, so, something you want to stay away from. So let's go on to this next one. Yeah, so this uh, coming up, next one. Um, this one coming from Science Daily here. Surprising similarities in stone tools of early humans and monkeys. Accidentally produced stone fragments made by, uh, I don't know how to say that word there. <laughs> Macaques, uh, I guess, resemble some of the earliest hominin stone artifacts. Um, so, so in other words, they discovered these monkeys that use stones to crack open things, nuts and things. I think Did these scientists them? are just walking around with all the Gabriella, data. don't other animals do that? Oh yeah, a lot of animals do that. Birds do that, right? They can use uh, little okay. sticks to, um, uh, to even open. Crows yes. use a stick. Yeah, mm -hmm. crows, stick yep. To do things like that. But the problem is because it's a monkey, monkey doing it, they relate it to what? Humans. Humans, but right? But they don't, like sea otters. <laughs> Don't they use stones to crack yeah, open they yeah. lots of different animals. oysters? So obviously they evolved into humans. Yeah. <laughs> By that logic, right? Yeah. It makes perfect sense. And because they're using yeah. a stone, they call it a tool. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right. Yeah. But you yeah. see that it's just, just it's a, they're, they're telling a story to fit in their worldview because they're using evolution to prove evolution. Yeah. And that's just what we see in a lot of papers. That's why when we read a paper, we have to, to have in mind that those people, they're not uh, neutral. They have a worldview, and they're going to do things related to their worldview and try to, to tell stories to fit in what they think it is. Yeah. And you know what is interesting? A lot of animals do use you know, sticks or stones or things to pry open things or you know, uh, to be able to use them in, in some particular way. That doesn't mean they're related to humans, but, mm -hmm. but you know what humans can do that animals can't? Think about it. They can use tools to make tools. Mm -hmm. Animals can't do that. 
And when they use something and they call it a tool, they're trying to sort of humanise it in right. a way, if you think about it. Yeah. yeah, yeah like that. Particularly when it comes yeah. to monkeys, you know. Yeah, yeah that, so. I think they're just mucking around with all the data here. Um, yeah, so. thank you, Rob. Let's go on here. <laughs> all right. So um, this next one is interesting. It's about uh, the governor of Minnesota and uh, a, a statement that he made about children. Yeah, so uh, Minnesota's lieutenant governor here, when our children tell us who they are, it is our job as grown-ups to listen and to believe them. So what do you think, Gabby? Is that a good idea as a parent to do? Well, how old are your oldest? Is four years old. My son, he keeps telling me that he's the Hulk, Superman, uh, <laughs> Batman, Spider-Man, Spider Spider and all of those one. kind of stuff. And sometimes uh, Mr. Grinch also. Mm. I'm Mr. Grinch. And there then the point is, I mean, how can you believe those things, you know? Yeah. I mean, you put, you as a parent, putting the responsibility uh, in an immature person that doesn't have any knowledge about the life, any experience about the life, to tell you who they are based on no knowledge, based on nothing, just oh. illusion, that's so irresponsible for a parent to do that. And by the well, way, this is this is refer referring to the gender-affirming health care that's out there. And yeah. of course, that's just a euphemism trying to soften the truth. We need to be calling it what it is. This is child abuse at its simplest. So here's the Minnesota governor saying, oh, we need to listen to children when they say, you know, a boy says he wants to be a girl or a girl, and therefore let them undergo horrible surgeries and mm -hmm. and mutilation and uh, it, it's interesting it's you, know what, you know what we're going to see with this whole transgender movement i'll tell you what we're going to see we're going to see a plethora of court cases and uh, when these young people find out what they were forced into mm -hmm. and it's destroyed their lives uh, we're going to find them suing uh, the hospitals and the, the doctors government. there was an example of one today in fox news mm -hmm. uh, that came out uh, just this morning, actually, of this uh, girl that is suing the hospital because she was forced into uh, surgeries and things, and, and now she's regretting all of that. Of course. Uh, and so now she's suing the hospital and the doctor. Are you going to find a plethora of this? I, actually, I think in years to come, if this world keeps going on, I, you, you know how we look back at the time when doctors used to do bloodletting to cure people, and we say, how barbaric, you know, that they would do that. I think we're mm -hmm. going to find in years to come, they'll look back on the 21st century here and look back on what happened here and say, how barbaric that they force kids to do that. How mm -hmm. absolutely shocking. That's what I think will happen. And yeah. by the way, start from the Bible. What does Paul say? When I was a child, I thought as a child, I spoke as a child. Mm -hmm. and, and what is interesting, they keep trying to say children have a right, you know, to make these decisions on their own and all the rest of it. But would we do the same for a child in regard to crossing a freeway? What's your decision? You yep. know, yeah. would you like to go across that? Yeah, what about potty training? And... It's up to you. Mm -hmm. you. You don't have to be potty trained if you don't want, you know. Um, th think about all those things. Right. I mean, yeah. Proverbs 26, 4 says, uh, don't answer a fool according to his folly, lest you be like him. And then the very first, next verse actually says, answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own eyes. So essentially, what the, uh, what the Proverbs is telling us, what God's Word is telling us, is step into that worldview, expose that inconsistency, the fallacious reasoning around it. And like we were saying, I mean, with, with our children, would we say that, you know, um, whatever you want for dinner, um, it's, it's up to you. You're going to tell me if you want candy 
candy for dinner. You can tell me if you want to um, if you want to brush your teeth, if you want to stay up all night. Of course not, right? Parents, we don't do that. And actually, what the Bible says, Proverbs twenty-two six, train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Ephesians what? six four, fathers who do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. That's the most loving thing as a parent that we can yeah. do. We don't let them continue in that sin. They do it naturally already, right? I don't have to teach my child how to sin. I got to teach them how to live a holy life, how to actually pursue God's standard. That's something I have to train them on based well, on God's you know, word. And here's a, here's a good lesson. When you're not a Christian and you have a, a governor that is extremely liberal uh, and not a Christian, then they're not building their thinking on God's word. Mm -hmm. And to give you another example, Minnesota actually uh, passed the most liberal abortion legislation in the nation. Did you all know that? And uh, it is absolutely shocking. And what is interesting recently uh, was that uh, a mother wrote to us actually uh, in January this year and said that uh, she had a daughter who was born with three critical heart defects and uh, they came and visited uh, the Creation Museum in October and it totally changed uh, their daughter's life. And um, her daughter was actually asked to speak at the Minnesota Capitol because her daughter went through the fearfully and wonderfully made exhibit here and said, I want to be more involved in the pro-life movement. And so in regard to this abortion bill, she addressed a House committee. And the bill is expected to pass, she said. Well, it did pass, actually, sadly, but only by one. And she had a dramatic effect on those that were there. That's what she was like when she was born. And here she is uh, visiting uh, in October, the Creation Museum, and that's when she went to the Fearfully and Wonderfully Made exhibit. And there she is, is 14 years old, addressing uh, the House Committee at the Minnesota Capitol. I thought it would be good for people to hear her address. It's only yeah. a short address, but this listen is, to what she said. This is powerful. Welcome to the committee. Please go ahead and state your name and then proceed with your testimony. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Chair and members. My name is Abby Hewitt, and I'm, on, I'm here on behalf of myself. I'm 14 years old. I was born with three critical congenital heart defects. I was rushed into surgery when I was just five hours old. Doctors told my parents I only had a 40% chance of making it through surgery. This is what I looked like after my surgery. Um, doctors expected my recovery to take one to two months. I was in the cardiac ICU for just 12 days. The doctors told my parents that I would be small, possibly have hearing and vision problems, learning disabilities, and would not be able to play sports. I am in the 86th percentile for my height and have perfect vision and hearing. I'm a straight-A student. I love sports. I play basketball, AAU basketball, volleyball, off-season volleyball. I run the 400 meter, which we all know is the hardest track event. I pole vault. I run the 100 and 200 meter dashes. I think adults often focus on med what medical doctors say and believe them to be 100% accurate. These are the things that medical doctors said about me, but here I stand, healthy and thriving. Please don't forget about people like me. In 2021, at least 183 babies just like me were aborted in Minnesota. We have the right to live. I'm not a statistic or defined by my heart defect. I am not a defect. My life verse is Psalm 139.14. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. This verse is super impactful to me because I am fearfully and wonderfully made, heart defects and all. It's a great reminder every day that I was created on purpose for a purpose. Thank you for your time. 
And I was told it had a big impact on the, the people in the room there. Mm -hmm. But see, here's the point. Whether it's the transgender issue, the abortion issue, the gay marriage issue, they're all the same problem, right? They're just different symptoms of the problem. And the problem is when you build your thinking on man's word, not God's word. And that's why, you know, the Minnesota governor would say, oh, we, we have to let children tell us. And so it, it's, they don't have a biblical worldview. They're starting from the wrong foundation. Yeah, bottom line is worldviews have consequences, in this case, very dangerous consequences. So it, and again, like Ken said, these are symptoms of the root cause of the abandonment, the rejection of God's word, especially in the West here. We're in a moral freefall right now because of that reason. And then that leads up to the next article here about the president of the United States. Yeah. Uh, and the statement that uh, he made, state laws banning transgender surgeries for minors are cruel. No, the surgeries are cruel. And, and actually making the decision are cruel and close to sinful. He wouldn't even know what sin is. <laughs> no. That's what I was uh, thinking. He wouldn't no. have a clue because he doesn't know what the Bible says. Um, and uh, so, I mean, here you have the President of the United States wanting children uh, to undergo these, and they're not surgeries so much as they're maiming their own bodies. Permanent damage to mm -hmm. these children. Mutilation, I mean, it's mutilation, castration. Mutilation. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's just damage to their neurological uh, system, to the bones, to the hormones, to the brain. It's just, sometimes when I see things like that, I'm, I'm in shock. I have three kids. Uh, one of them is here cooking still. Yeah, still um, cooking. But, you know, it's just crazy. How can you put a child that doesn't know anything about anything, how a parent can allow that to go, you know? And then here we see the president of the country supporting this idea. Yeah, I mean, it just reminds me of Isaiah 520, woe to those who call evil good and good evil. Essentially, woe to those who call the mutilation of little children good, right? And calling it sinful. And just five chapters later as well, Isaiah 10 says this, says, woe to those who decree iniquitous decrees and the writers who keep writing oppression to turn aside the needy from justice and to rob the poor of my people of their right, that widows may be their spoil and that they may make the fatherless their prey. What will you do on the day of punishment? You see, Biden, he is a wicked ruler. And Psalm chapter two says he will stand before the holy and just God of this universe. He's gonna have to give an account for his life. Proverbs 29.2 says this, when the righteous increase, the people rejoice, mm -hmm. but when the wicked rule, the people groan. Essentially, the people suffer underneath the rule of a wicked ruler. And, and they are so hypocritical, the, these uh, politicians like Biden and inconsistent. For instance, he was um, uh, speaking uh, about this issue and he said uh, about these children, they are human beings, they love, they have feelings, they have inclinations. Well, number one uh, there is you can't trust your feelings. Right, because the heart of men is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. We always need to judge our feelings against the absolute authority of the word of God. But here he is saying they are human beings. And yet when it comes to a child developing in the mother's womb, he would say that's not a human being and you can kill it whenever you want to. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're just so hypocritical and so inconsistent yeah. uh, because they're blinded. You know, the Bible says the God of this world has blinded the eyes of them which believe not. But also it's a willing blindness. It's sort of like Pharaoh. Pharaoh hardened his heart so God hardened his heart. It's, it's a willing blindness, really. Um, and it's, it's very sad, but that's what... Uh, permeating our culture. Um, it says here in this article, throughout his presidency, Biden has voiced his support for the Equality Act. Well, the Equality Act, he says, which would codify non-discrimination uh, non protections on the basis of sexual orientation and gender. I'll tell you what the Equality Act is all about. 
imposing sexual humanism and moral relativism on the culture mm -hmm. and undermining and attacking the Christian worldview and outlawing those who say marriage is to be a man and a woman and there's only two genders of humans, male and female. And that's what the Equality Act ultimately is all mm -hmm. about and that's ultimately what they want to get to. It, it passed House of Reps that won't pass the Senate right now because uh, there's a different majority in the Senate, but it's still sitting there and that's what a lot of these politicians want to pass. When that passes, then you won't be able to... I mean, this sort of thing is happening in Canada and it's happening in Australia where if you want to preach from the pulpit that there's male and female only and marriage is only a man and a woman, you could be arrested. That's the sort of way the Western world is going. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, essentially we're seeing an attack on the family unit right now. We're, we're seeing a war against children, a war against marriage, a war against what the Bible actually defines as a family going back to Genesis. So it's so important that we go back to that foundation of Genesis starting in the very beginning. And we have to be very careful too because the words that he uses here, you know, close to sinful. He knows that this nation was based on, on, on biblical um, um, principles, you know. So sometimes it's like using close to sinful. It's a manipulation to try to make Christians to feel bad for doing things like that, you know, so for thinking like that. So we have to be very careful uh, the way that we, we see things and we hear things to not be manipulated. And not to elevate human feelings above yeah. God's word. Anytime you, you elevate man's word, opinions, or ideas above the Bible, that is humanism. And, and essentially in that worldview, then man decides what is truth. And so then man decides what morality is. And that's why we're seeing this moral freefall happening across the West in the United States and Canada and Australia and all over the Western world right now is because we have abandoned God's word. Well, Judges 21-25 sort of uh, really sums that up. When there was no king, no mm -hmm. absolute authority everyone to tell them what right. to do, everyone did what is right in his own mm -hmm. eyes. And, and really, our public education system is throwing the Bible out, God mm -hmm. out, prayer out. So there is no absolute authority. Man is his own authority. Mm -hmm. Therefore, everyone does what is right in their own eyes. Yeah. And this leads up to the, to the next issue here, and that is this whole <laughs> view of moral relativism, sexual humanism is what it really is, being imposed on kids and we're seeing it now through a lot of kids programming on Netflix and Disney plus Disney is really been trying to impose sexual humanism mm -hmm. on the younger generations which is why there are more and more families telling us they don't want to go to Disney support Disney they want to come to the Ark Encounter the Creation Museum and we want to add a lot of fun a lot even more fun things over time so that families will have uh, a place to go that that's God honoring and family friendly it's I mean it's God-honoring, family-friendly mm -hmm. now, and there's fun things to do, but um, we will keep in, in adding things that over time. But uh, tell us about this next Yeah, so this, this article basically is talking about a, a new Netflix uh, show. It's a kid's show called Ridley Jones. It features a non-binary bison. Yes, you read that right, a non-binary bison, uh, who goes by them, they pronouns. And so, again, I think this is just a reminder uh, we need to cancel our Netflix, repent of your Netflix, repent of your Disney Plus, and instead subscribe to our streaming service called Answers.tv. It's only a few bucks a, a, a month as well, and um, 
literally spend... Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of times, uh, mothers at home, say, might put, put cartoons on for their kids because she needs something to distract them. Yeah. But you can't even trust what you're putting on there mm -hmm. because you have to watch it carefully because they're introducing all these you know, different uh, characters in there, pushing you know, the, the gender stuff, you know, non, a non-binary bison that, yeah. uh, it, and, and, you, and you listen to, to the actual program on the news article, you can actually watch the video and you realize how they're indoctrinating kids this way. Yeah. We have our own streaming platform, answers.tv. We have 5,500 programs on there right now for all ages. And it's a wholesome, God-honoring, family-friendly streaming platform. We also have science experiments. Uh, like just before we did Answers News in our auditorium here at the Creation Museum, we had a live animal program where we have lots of animal programs done by our presenters on there as well. We have movies from other uh, Christian organizations that uh, we align with. Uh, and uh, lots of wonderful programs. We've just hired a TV studio so we can do a lot more programming. We've got some animated programming coming. So I encourage people, go to answers.tv. It's just over $3 US a month for a 12-month subscription. We have hundreds of Spanish programs. We have some Arabic programs as well. And uh, so I encourage Christians to get that and it'll be a great help to you. And then you can, you can you know, if you subscribe, you can then, you know, pull it up in your church or your Sunday school or Bible mm -hmm. class or whatever and show a particular video from there as well and use and it that way. there's even this program, Answers News, that's on there. So you guys can binge watch Answers News as well on that uh, streaming service. I mean, it, it just reminds me, who's winning today the hearts and the minds of children today? I mean, just think about what the secular culture is pushing, essentially what these shows, I mean, it's, it's not just Netflix, right? We're seeing all the Disney shows as mm -hmm. well. And you have to guys, you have to realize it's just, it didn't happen overnight, right? This has been over, over time and over time, more and more and more. You've been seeing this rejection of God's word and then to this other religion of secular humanism that's being pushed. So it's time for God's people, really. We need to win this culture back. Let's take back this culture. Let's train up the next generation so that they know how to fight this battle against the secular waves like we, like we just watched earlier with that young 14-year-old in Minnesota, right? We need more of the generation like that standing up for truth today in our culture. Well, this next article deals with a totally different topic in a way. Um, you know, it's interesting. One of the things that uh, we've been teaching here at Answers in Genesis, and actually I, I started teaching on this when I was a public high school teacher back in 1975, was that we all go back to Adam and Eve and all humans are descendants of Adam and Eve, therefore there's only one race. And yet even today you hear many people talking about the different races and so on, uh, but there's only one race biologically if we all go back to uh, Adam and Eve. And you know, even in Darwin's book, The Descent of Man, he talks about the different races and some are closer to the apes, uh, ape-like creatures than others, and so some of the lower races and the higher races. Well, in the year 2000, the Human Genome Project mapped the human genome and was headed by an atheist. And they released this information to the world. It was headlines around the world. This is from the New York Times website. When they put together an entire draft of the, uh, the entire sequence of the human genome, they unanimously declared there's only one race, the human race. <laughs> Who would have ever thought of that? By <laughs> the way? Uh, so science yeah. was confirming the Bible. Well, you know what's happening now? What's happening now is we're finding the secular world is starting to finally catch up to where some of these geneticists and others have been saying, and finally catching up to the Bible, they're now starting to say, oh, we shouldn't be talking about different races because there's only one race of humans. 
Right. Again and again, science confirms God's word. And again, this is a very secular article. You know, they don't have a foundation for why there's one white race, why there's one only human race. But again, it goes back to God's word. We all go back to Adam and Eve. And biblically speaking, actually, there really is just two races. You're either in the first Adam who disobeyed God or you're in the last Adam, you're in Christ. And if you're in Christ, then the good news is this, that the hope you can look forward to, Revelation 5 and Revelation 7, speaking of ethnic, um, all of the different tribes and the nations and the tongues, standing before the throne of God that has been ransomed by the blood of Jesus Christ. That's the good news we can look forward to if you're in Christ today. But those that are not in Christ, they have an eternal punishment waiting for them. And this article comes from Science News, and it's scientists who are dealing with the science of genetics. Mm -hmm. And so they sum it up, they say, race should no longer be used to describe populations in most genetic studies. And the reason is what they found is what they once called separate races, they found the genetic diversity within a so-called race is greater than that between them, <laughs> which means the whole concept of, of races has been abolished. And actually the whole concept of races is devised on looking at someone's outside outside appearances and your outside actually reflects only a minor part of your genetics that's right and so it it that they've realized that now that whole idea of races is was all concocted and it all it always really had to do a lot with darwinian evolution as well mm -hmm. in in that way yeah. by the way none of us are white you know this is this is white and if you look like this you probably should seek medical help pretty soon yeah <laughs> in so trouble. just uh, just let you guys know Everyone has the same skin color, actually, different shades. Exactly. Mm -hmm. It's a pigment melanin, depends melanin. how much or how little you have. So we have one more article. Yeah, we got we go. one more here. This one coming from the Christian Post here. Uh, three in five U.S. workers fear sharing religious beliefs in the workplace. So there was a survey done, um, and part of this survey, what they found out was three out of five people said it is likely or somewhat likely that uh, respectfully expressing religious or political viewpoints could result in negative consequences at work. And they also say one in four people uh, say that they know someone who has experienced negative consequences for respectfully expressing their religious and political viewpoints. And of course, this one hits pretty hard um, for me as well, because I, I experienced this firsthand in the aerospace industry, you know, with the critical race theory, all the LGBT stuff that was, that was being pushed on us. Basically, this annual ethics training is what they were trying to push on us uh, time and time again. So it, it's not just a belief here. This is a fact that we, that Christians are being persecuted yeah. in the world. And even today. in Brazil, for example, a different country, you know, when I went to school, I went to a secular school, college, uh, my advisor, he, he called, he said that I was a waste. I was a good student, but I was a waste because I was Christian. I believe in creation. Um, so, I mean, it's not a physical persecution, but it, I think it's somehow it's really, really, really bad because it's psychological persecution. It's emotional too, because you just feel isolated. And then, uh, but that's, that's, that's a reality that's happening, not only in the United States, but in all, yeah, the, all over the world. All over the world. Uh, one of the things we're finding here too, even in Answers in Genesis, is a number of people that are applying for positions because they can no longer be in the workplace because yeah. of all the work stuff and what's being imposed on them or what yep. they're being required to accept um, and so on. And so people are applying for positions here, like Rob, mm -hmm. uh, for instance, yep. and becoming a part of this ministry, which reminds me, by the way, uh, we need seasonal workers, hundreds of seasonal workers, actually, as we get really busy over the next few months, and we even have some seasonal housing here. Yep. Come on down. Um, so <laughs> I thought I'd mention, since, since we um, talk, and we've run out of time now, but uh, I co-authored a book with my African-American friend, Dr. Charles Ware, on One Race, One Blood, dealing with that whole issue 
two of only one race. Mm -hmm. And we've been talking about that for years and years. Secular world is slowly catching up to the Bible. <laughs> um, so that's that one. And then this one on the family, because we've been talking about the war on children, the war on the family. Yep. There's a lot of my own personal testimony in here. Will they stand parenting kids to face the giants? How do you raise up godly children uh, to, in, in this secular world? And uh, should you send your kids to public schools or... Uh, what, what should we be doing and yeah. what are the roles of parents and so on. Um, and there's a chapter in there by our eldest daughter on biblical worldview. We have our own Christian school called Answers Academy, which is really unique. It's a discipleship biblical worldview school. Do you know less than 6% of Christian schools teach biblical worldview? It's very, very sad. Right. So, and then there's some other books out there that we have on the created cosmos by our astronomer, Dr. Danny mm -hmm. Faulkner. Um, so... Uh, there we are. Yeah, and just going back real quick, will they stand? If you're a Christian parent and you're concerned about the next generation, I highly encourage you guys, make sure you guys check out this book. And The Created Cosmos and The Expanse of Heaven comes as kind of like a companion set there. Um, really good job. Danny Faulkner does a good job of talking about what the Bible says about astronomy and critiquing a lot of those evolutionary theories that are out there, talking about all the uh, problems with the Big Bang. So if you guys want to learn more about that, jump onto our website or go on, head on over to our bookstore. Yep, and... Um, Right, at, and on this day, as, the, as we're doing this, but our planetarium is shut down right yep, now. It is. And that's because that's it's a fallen it. world, so it's your sin that caused the problem. <laughs> it's oh, right. Ours that's too. Right. Uh, but in a post-COVID world, it's hard to get anything fixed. Mm -hmm. You know that? Mm -hmm. Hard to get parts. And many of you probably experienced that. It's really frustrating. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it but is. Anyway. Takes time. Well, I think that's all the time we have for you guys today. So make sure you guys tune back in next week, next Monday, same time, same place at 2 p.m. Eastern. So with that, God bless you guys. Have a great day.